This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. The title of this episode, Realizing No Self, may at first sound like a a self-help guide or in a non-dual context, you might call it a no-self-help guide. But I assure you that's not what this is. It's not a step-by-step guide to experiencing no self. It is a description of three times in my life that I saw that I was not a self, culminating in a third time, which was an abiding realization of this reality. Now, no self is not a term that one ordinarily associates with the Christian faith. It is normally associated with Buddhism. In fact, Christianity appears to be all about self. In traditional Christianity, a person is understood as a human self in relationship to a divine self called God. That human individual self is believed to inherit everlasting life as an individual entity, as a self, by an act of faith and grace, living forever in fellowship with and in everlasting worship of a divine self called Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or Trinity. Like I said, it's all about a human self. And this is what my mindset was for most of my adult life. I was a traditional Christian conservative in my doctrine and believing that Christianity was all about believing the correct doctrines about God and being in right relationship with God. It's all about the human self. It is often in Christianity called a soul. A soul that would spend eternity as an individual entity, as a self, in heaven or hell, hell if the self didn't get the doctrine and the relationship of faith right, and heaven if the self did get it right by the grace of God, of course. Even the virtue of selflessness was all about taming the bad impulses of the self. So, it was quite troubling in an existential way to discover that I was not a self. That there is no self to have a personal relationship with a self, a heavenly self, called Christ or God. In fact, it was the self-orientation of the Christian worldview that made that discovery so difficult to accept and to, and to integrate. The Gospel of Thomas begins with these words spoken by Jesus. Whoever finds the interpretation of these things will not experience death. Let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds. When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished and he will rule 
over the awe. Those words of Jesus perfectly describes what happened in my life. Now I'm using the words my and I here as helpful conventions of speech, but I saw there actually is no I or my. Now I kept seeking as Jesus taught us to do. Seek and you will find, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door will be open. That's what I have done. I was never satisfied with what other Christians seemed to be satisfied with. So I kept on looking for a deeper and deeper reality. And when I found this reality, just like Jesus says in the Gospel of Thomas, I was troubled. Troubled is an understatement. I was devastated. Like the prophet Isaiah said, I am undone. Then as Jesus said, I was astonished. I was awestruck. No self is beyond description. So this is what I'm going to be talking about today. So it necessarily has an autobiographical dimension, but I'm going to not talk about that very much. Elsewhere I have described my personal story, if you want to call it that, or journey. So I'm not going to put in all the details here. I'll just give the, the bare essentials. There were three openings to the reality of no self that resulted in realizing no self. Like Moses spent 40 years in Midian and Israel, 40 years wandering in the wilderness. It took 40 years for no self to be re revealed as my true nature. Three experiences over 40 years. First was in 1973 during my last semester in college, shortly after becoming an evangelical Christian. One night I was standing outside gazing into the heavens on a late autumn day. Without warning, suddenly I was not. There was no separate me. There was only this. What is? Call it God. That's what I sensed it to be, this to be. There was only God. And the response, my physical response at the time was fear. Kierkegaard's fear and trembling came to mind. I was a religion major at the time. I had taken a whole course in Kierkegaard's writing and that came to mind. I had never experienced anything like this before. I look back on that now and I see it as the shell of the self cracking that night. And that crack never really healed. I tried to make sense of this in terms of my newfound evangelical Christianity, but there was no language for it. I found parallels in the Bible. I found parallels in scholarly works that I was studying as a religion major in, co in college, like Rudolf Otto's books, The Idea of the Holy, and his concept of the numinous, and the and Mysterious Tremendum at Faskanans, and his book Mysticism East and West, which compares Meister Eckhart to Shankara, but there was nothing in the evangelical vocabulary that could make sense of this. And at that time, it lasted for a very brief period of time, a minute, two, something like that, but that became a touchstone for the rest of my spiritual journey. There would always remain, because of this, the knowledge that there was more to the spiritual life than, most, than what most Christians were talking about. The next time was 20 years later. 
about 1993. I was participating in a week-long silent retreat at the Shalim Institute for Spiritual Formation in Washington, D.C. And during one, during one of the group meditation sessions, the same phenomenon happened again. Same thing which had happened 20 years earlier, only this time it was much longer, much more intense. It was not just a cracking of the self, it was a sense of the complete dissolution of the self. The self just fell apart. What I used to think of as me was no longer there. It was a terrifying experience because I was not expecting it. I was not searching for it. Furthermore, it did not, did not just last a minute or two like it had previously. This time, it didn't seem to stop. It continued for months. I don't remember exactly now how many months it was. But during that time, it was extremely disorienting. How do you live in the world if you are not a self? If you're not a person, if you're not an individual among other individuals. I tried to process what was going on with my spiritual director at the time. Talking to her, I likened it to falling headlong into an abyss. But I was unable to successfully integrate this. This new normal, if you, call, if you want to call it, into my life. So I opted to do whatever I could to stop it and to deny it. And what I in effect did was try to suppress it. Suppress it. I stopped contemplative spiritual practices completely. I considered them at the time to be dangerous. I retreated into my previous conservative evangelicalism which felt safe. I denied what I had seen for the next 20 years. I became again a conservative evangelical Christian pastor and I was a good evangelical and I believed it completely and I was successful as a Baptist pastor, American Baptist and Southern Baptist. And then I began to re-examine my life and my beliefs again. And that led to a systematic intellectual deconstruction of Christianity. And at the end of this period, I had been having some physical problems as well. It had gone on for, for six months or, or more. And a physician diagnosed me with pancreatic cancer and told me that I did not have long to live. That was in 2012. It turned out that the doctor had misdiagnosed me, but for a week while we were waiting, while I did the test, waiting for the results of the test, I believed that I was dying. And that death sentence that I had been given turned out to be a marvelous blessing. It turned out to be a gateway to life. It prompted a third opening to the awareness of being no self. This time, there was no fear. There was peace. I knew clearly 
that what I truly was could not die. This realization of eternal life came in the form of a falling away of the individual self and a clear realization that what I am is not this psychological personality or an individual physical body. Instead, I am the whole in which that personality and body and everything else appears. This realization of no self and eternal life has remained to this day over 10 years later. During this time, it has integrated into this human life. The disorientation that I felt the first two times gave way to orientation over time. Once again, there's no words, there are no words to describe describe this. There weren't any words at the time, but after a while I found a vocabulary to talk about it in the language of non-duality. And also in the teachings of Jesus. This is why I call it Christian non-duality. Now, I want to note here that I was not looking for this any of those three times, including the last time. I was not searching for liberation or awakening or enlightenment or any of those terms that are thrown around today. I was simply seeking truth and seeking to know God, the Divine, completely and was willing to pay any price. I think, if there's anything, I think this is the key to the spiritual life. It is intent and it is perseverance. But I was not seeking a spiritual experience or some state of consciousness. I was not engaging in the practice of meditation at the time. I was not seeking to recover those first two experiences. In fact, just the opposite. All three times this awareness of no self, or as no self, is a better way to put it, came unexpectedly and unbidden. In Christian language, I would call it grace. Another thing I want to stress is how different this is than traditional Christianity. Traditional Christianity is a form of theism, which is about right relationship with God, right doctrines about God, and right living in obedience to God. This is not about any of those. This is beyond theism. I sometimes use Paul Tillich's term transtheism to describe this. The self that has relationships or believes things or does things is seen to be a fabrication of the mind, although a very useful fiction for navigating human society and culture. Nevertheless, even though I say all this, a personal God and a personal relationship to God and Christ are still present in my life. I worship in church regularly as part of a congregation. This realization of no self does not negate traditional Christianity. 
it fulfills it. Just like Jesus said he was doing in the religion of his day. He said he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Religion is still something that my mind does and my heart does, my emotions do, while true self or no self is aware as the reality that is behind all this theism, behind the mask of theism. Religion keeps the psyche occupied, you could say, while no self abides in divine, in the divine. I see myself as a Christian. I call myself a Christian. But Christianity is just the clothing that non-dual reality wears in this life. It's the language it uses, the thought forms it uses. But reality also uses the language and thought forms of other spiritual traditions when expressed in and through other people. They're all one. This reality is the whole and the holy, the true self and no self. It is the one of which everything and everyone is an expression. This was realized through three moments in my life over a 40-year period. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.